0: Welcome to the Licking County Locker Room on Kate 98.7, live at Ship Brothers Brewing on Church Street in downtown Newark. Tonight's show is brought to you by Houston Plumbing and Heating, Wright Brothers Power, Licking Memorial Health Systems, Newark Auto Body Collision and Glass, and Ship Brothers Brewing. Now, here's Brian Mays with the Licking County Locker Room.
1: And a pleasant, good, freezing evening here in Licking County, downtown Newark. Welcome to another edition of the Licking County Locker Room. I am Brian Mays. Happy Martin Luther King Day to you as well. If you are going outside, please bundle up because it is... Very cold outside, but hopefully you can come in here to Ship Brothers Brewing, get yourself some warm food, some good drinks, and enjoy the rest of this Monday evening. As tonight, here on the Licking County Locker Room, we feature Granville Christian, and we'll be talking boys' and girls' basketball with them a little bit later on this evening. We will talk some high school basketball with Granville Christian. That's next, as you're listening to the Licking County Locker Room, live from Ship Brothers Brewing, here on Kate ninety. 8.7. Welcome back everyone. We are the Looking County Locker Room and Talking Boys Basketball with Granville Christian. First, welcoming in head coach Caleb Patton, coach Saints for joining us.
2: Thanks for having us.
1: So let's talk to you halfway through the regular season. At this point, five and six record, two and four in the lead overall. Your thoughts of where you thought this ball club would be,
2: and and where you, where you're thinking we can head after the second half of the season. Yeah, I think we're right on pace for where we thought we'd be uh, in preseason. We started off strong, uh, five and one, and we've been on the road the past few games and had a little bit of troubles, but. We're looking to get back home and get a couple wins going this week. I did notice that that has been a, a long road
1: trip. You uh, might have to talk to Phil Hubbard about the, the <laughs> scheduling, but has that brought the the team closer together? I mean, you want more wins, obviously, but when you've had that long of a road trip, uh, you kind of see the metal of a ball club, don't you?
2: Yeah, they definitely started to lean on each other here towards these last few games and are really starting to gel as a team. So,
1: And the nice thing is, though, you are coming home, you have a home game tomorrow night, and you've been unbeaten uh, at home through five games so what has been what has been the difference with the home cooking?
2: Uh, We've just been a lot more efficient at home uh, taking care of the basketball and we've shot the ball a lot better in our gym. One thing I want to ask and we'll we'll bring the players
1: on here in a moment but and I've, I've brought this up to a couple of other basketball coaches how much is it coaching versus teaching at this level because you obviously want them to develop whether they're freshmen through the senior levels you you coach to get the wins and the losses but is 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 it as much teaching the game as it is
2: coaching yeah i would say there's a lot of teaching that's involved um, day to day just helping them understand the game more Uh, there's always stuff to be learned or to learn Uh, i'm learning every day just like these guys so is it and i don't mean this in a negative
1: context but is it can it be more difficult because there's so many different styles and things that the players can see from from AAU summer ball to what they're watching from a collegiate, say, NBA level. Um, do you have to adjust your style to how the game is being played or is, is it kind of a mixture? That's
2: a, a real long-winded question. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I think it's a mixture. Um, there's definitely a lot of basketball out there that can be watched and learned from and not all of it's great, but uh, you got to figure out what works, and go from there. One of the questions I always ask, too, is shot clock. In favor or not in favor? Um, I'm not opposed, and I'm not really for it. I think that it's just a expensive change that they're going to come up with someday, and we just got to get used to it when it comes. Almost every
1: coach has been right down the middle. They're fine with it, or they're fine if it doesn't come. Um, I, I guess... I wanted to have it, and I brought this up with Coach Rattleball last week from Utrecht, but now I see so many shot clocks of isolation play, where it's just one-on-one basketball, which I know is part of the game, but how much can you... If a shot clock was implemented, would that maybe change a style of what you want to do from, from team ball to what, again, they see
2: with this shot clock? Absolutely. You can't be near as patient as, you know, I'd like to be sometimes with a shot clock. You've got to get it to your guy, and they've got to go and you know, it comes down to it. All right. Let's bring on a couple of players, junior Zach Leha and senior Andrew Benvey.
1: I'll both ask you first. Would you like a shot clock, or are you good the way without it?
3: Um... Personally, I think that introducing a shot clock would, I feel like, rush more high school basketball teams, especially I think the lower divisions, mm-hmm. uh, since yeah you know, you're running an offense and yeah you got to think
4: oh now we got to get a shot off before you know X seconds or whatever. Zach, no, I agree. Uh, I just feel like and even just the way that we kind of play play the game, especially like. Try to look for a shot in transition, but if not, if it's not open, it's not there. We kind of pull it back out. Um, it's not. It, it, we can be patient with it, and I think that's a part of our game that we succeed at the most. That even if it takes a minute off the clock, that we have a possession that we can generate something.
1: This is way before your guys's time, and even way before your coach's time. But before there was a shot clock invented in college basketball, Cincinnati played Kentucky, and this is way before Cincinnati was any good, and it was six to four at halftime. And I keep thinking, that was the game that, that made this happen. Everyone talks about Dean Smith and the four corners. but And I watched it. It was painful, but I was watching it. And there literally were, I think, seven shots taken in that first half. So, nevertheless, y- you wonder about games like that. And I-, I know we don't have those. All right, guys. So, I asked Coach, you know, five and six record, your thoughts on the season so
4: far and, and where you think this team can go. Strong uh, Strong start. Yeah, definitely 5-1 because we, I think we went 5-18 and 18 last year. So we matched uh, the season wins from last year real early in the season. Again, going on the road, getting used to uh, tough crowds, tough environments. That is something that we got to get used to, especially come tournament time. Um, yeah, coming home and playing more league games and getting more experience to these guys because we're, we were a young team, but now we're starting to get to the senior and junior uh, leadership. And that's really trying to bend-click in. And, yeah, it's, I'm hoping for, like, a good, strong ending so that we can uh, get a good run in the tournament.
3: Andrew? Yeah, I agree with Zach on that one. Um, yeah, great start to the season. You know, we went 5-1. and one. I was surprised myself, but uh, we've struggled the past few games since we've been on the road for <clears throat> such a long time, and I'm glad to be back home tomorrow night and, uh, and Friday night as well. So hopefully we can pick up some more wins and... Going to get seated in the tournament. So, Coach talked
1: about it, and you both mentioned it too. Leaning on both of you, leaders on this team and, and veterans on this team, how were you able to keep the team, you know, staying positive during a losing streak and focusing? We've still got a lot of goals ahead of us. So, what's been the key to keeping the
3: team engaged when when you have a losing streak? Uh, I think, personally, it all starts back at practice, you know. After loss, the next day you go back to practice. You got to work on what, you, what went wrong in the game. You got to stay positive through it. Um, yeah, just always start to come back to practice and work on those
4: things. Zach, uh, I think we kind of stress on the little things. Even when the coach leaves the locker room, that one of us uh, tries to emphasize a speech or something to get our guys going. It's like, hey, like we're okay. Like, this is a regular season. This is where trials start to happen, and we can learn from this. Come, and then tournaments is when we go out and show it, but it's also just that we don't beat up on the on these guys for making just mistakes because that's just life. But, you know, keep encouraging them and also just, you know, not being a butthole of a teammate. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we didn't need that delay, bud. I was worried there for a second, but we're all good. Um And you guys have been through the Raiders, and you understand the importance of practice and doing the little things, as you alluded to. When you see maybe the the sophomores and maybe even a couple juniors not really want to be into it for a practice, and you said not get on them, but how can you make sure they understand the importance of a line drill or foul shooting or whatever. It needs to be done in
4: that practice. Uh, we kind of just uh say like, hey, this is like for a game. This isn't um we don't just work on stuff in practice just for nothing. Like when we're breaking a press or we're practicing layups and transition and it may seem like this, but we just like kinda like pull them aside, give them a reminder, hey this is gonna happen in game and like we don't want to blow this. So, like this is the little uh, key details that we just can't make mistakes on
1: And Andrew, kind of adding on to that I think sometimes basketball can be the most Repetitious sport Whether it's in practice or game But it's that one repetition you miss That could
3: cost you with two minutes to go Yeah, I agree That's, I mean, it gets tedious at times But you just got to keep working at it And keep going You got to overcome it And keep working as a team That's the best way to put it, I think What got you into playing basketball? What what made you think one day, hey, I'd like to play this sport? <laughs> um, well, growing up, I live in a very big family. I got eight other siblings and we've all played basketball, all played sports as, uh, as kids and always played basketball in the driveway and ever since I've watched them play, it's always given me a burning desire to keep playing as well. So, how where do you rank in the in the eight siblings here? Uh, I'm the fifth of the of nine. You almost
1: could have a full team, you know that. I mean, that, that's offense and defense. So, yeah. Um, one particular area of the game that you enjoy more than others? Um,
3: offense. I love, I love to just, just shoot it, let it fly. Uh, but you know, it always got to come back and play defense as well, which you know can be a struggle for teams. But you know, I, I love the offensive part of the game. Zach, to you, what what drove you to basketball?
4: Uh, growing up. I was always the tallest in my class, so uh, my mom always put me in just like little, or like started an upward, and then uh, got to other leagues and stuff. And then we started playing in middle school, and it just just kept going and stuff. So, Again, one particular area
1: you liked over over another for basketball?
4: Uh, I'm in love with the post. So I was taught, or I was I started being, anti- or being taught in uh, around fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade. That this is the area that I need to live at, and then uh, <laughs> uh, assistant coach Coach Hoffman, who's um, on coaching staff, coached uh, me in middle school, and that was uh, good for me to like get that post thing um, down and under control in middle school, so I can be where I'm at in high school right now.
1: So, do you enjoy the physicality? Oh, I love it.
4: Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he wasted
1: no time on that. Now, I'm not going to get you in trouble here. We won't. We, again, we won't need the delay button, but. Um, officiating in regards to post play can really vary game to game. I even think sometimes half to half. So, how soon do you kind of can tell how an official is going to, uh, you know,
4: officiate physicality inside and then
1: you just try to make the adjustment to it?
4: Uh, yeah, it usually takes me around just like the first two moves that I do mm-hmm. or the first two like shots that I get up. Uh, usually if see there's something on the ground or something on the way up. So I kind of, yeah, like you said, I kind of adjust to it, adjust my aggressiveness because even the stuff that I get picked up fouls for, um, even on the other end. So you kind of just have to see how the game comes, adjust to it, and then you you got your green light.
1: Coach, uh, along those lines, and again, I'm not here to bash the officiating, but sometimes when you don't see a lot of calls in a first half, especially inside, you kind of almost think, is this going to balance out in the second half, and do you have to, to tell your, your players you've got to be able to uh, adapt and adjust on the fly to this?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're constantly adapting and changing to how the officials are calling the game. And, um, I think that's just part of the game. Some days you're getting fouls and some days you're not. Um, and we just got to adjust on that. Well, and it seems like he's got a, a
1: great mindset for it. Now, the post play has changed a little bit since your, your middle school days where some post players like to bring you out to the, to the top of the key or, or force you out. So
4: how do you, how do you adjust to that? I uh, kind of see how they force me. Kind of like if they do kind of bring me out to like this mid-range area, like, I don't know. It's just kind of like, it's, it's like small stuff that I work on individually and kind of in the summer where if they kind of, if they sag off and they're um, real just protecting the rim, then I can try to make a mid-range or a floater. But if they're real up on me, then... Uh, a quick spin move or something like that, where I just I just have to be more creative with the stuff that I work on outside of pra- or outside of practice. Inside of practice, so I can execute in the games.
1: Andrew, for you, do you like driving into the paint or do you like shooting from from long
3: range? <coughs> What's your game style? Uh, you know, I like to play both ways, but recently I think I've been this year more of shooting outside the arc. <coughs> That's really been my go-to. I feel like, but uh you know whenever i can get a drive to the hoop i'll definitely take it and i always try to look for that and i'm again reflecting my age here but the the three-point shot used to be
1: so no 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 unless you're really really wide open as a coach how have you installed the the three-point shot into the offense
2: um it's just a part of our offense uh we work on shooting every day and uh when you're open everybody's on the team's got a green light and uh you just stay aggressive with it and does
1: it, as a coach, do you teach to be outside the yard? Because I know some coaches now just go crazy when they're shooting just inside the yard for a two instead of maybe a half a foot outside the yard. So,
2: so is that something that's that's really practiced? Oh, yeah. We've got a player on the team that loves to stand on the three-point line and shoot. Um, but, yeah, I definitely emphasize if you're going to shoot it that far, you might as well take another step back. Defensively,
1: how do you how do you go against the three? Because again, it seems like you've got three or four guys
2: that have green lights on, on the other side, so you really do have to extend your defense. Yeah, it depends on the team, um, but for the most part, yeah, we have to extend out and play a little less help than I'd like to. And um, but yeah, you got to get out on the three-point shot now. Is it more of a wide spread game than
1: it ever has been? I mean, is it really baseline to baseline these days? Oh, I would
2: say so, absolutely
1: guys you agree with that oh. and is that i don't want to say again do you think you learn more because you really can't um you know if you're playing a two three zone or what have you sometimes people off front to relax a little bit but now you've got the three-point shot so has it made the game uh, a more wire-to-wire intense type of ball game because
3: it is coast to coast oh yeah for sure i think you know depending on the team you'll play a lot of teams uh Fantastic three-point shooters, and you got to play more up on them. Um, But you also play some teams that their drive is just—they're very quick with this, and then you got to wait a little back. But you also have to keep in mind that the three-point shot is also a threat as well. So I think it has definitely expanded the game more and more as you know time has gone on. All right, not trying to be captain obvious.
1: You want to win the game tomorrow night, but what are the keys for a victory for you at home tomorrow night, Zach?
4: uh it, like andrew said uh, they shoot the lights out i think uh last time that we played them they shot 60 percent um really really efficient shooters uh and we just got to be up on them and uh not play their game sir so play our slow pace game where we can be patient and uh move the ball well get it inside. And then just read the defense. We can keep getting inside, keep punching them. And we're gonna keep doing that if they start double teaming, closing us, uh, kind of sucking inside then we can kick it out for three
1: coach is it a rhythm game tomorrow night since he mentioned how well they can shoot it is it just trying to keep them off kilter as much as possible and not let them feel comfortable from wherever they're shooting
2: yeah that's the big key is getting up on them and don't let them have a comfortable shot you know they're going to make threes make them uncomfortable when they make them and uh, make them earn it and that goes back to tempo on both sides. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, if we start getting in a speed speed game and we're just running constantly, they'll find the open guys on the three. But if we can slow it down and make sure we make good good shots and make good baskets and get our defense set, we'll be all right. All right. Last last thought on tomorrow night's game, Andrew. Yeah, uh, tomorrow night. I think a good
3: key will be not turning the ball uh, turning the ball over as much. You know, last game I thought we did a I thought we played. Good enough the in the press they you know they pressed us, and I thought we broke it pretty well, but I think tomorrow night you know it kind of depends on turnovers and how well they shoot and how well we shoot as well so. That was a very good coach's statement right there. So you
1: <laughs> nailed it down starting with turnovers. Guys, appreciate your time tonight. Thank you so much for joining us on The Locker Room, and good luck tomorrow night. Oh, thank thank you. you. Thank you. We'll come back and talk some girls basketball next as you're listening to the Licking County Locker Room live from Ship Brothers Brewing here on Kate 98.7. And let's talk some Granville Christian girls hoops. We welcome in first head coach, Greg Rhodes. Coach, your team also at the halfway point, five and 5-6 and 2-4 and four in the Mid-Ohio Christian Conference
5: overall, your synopsis of the first
1: half of the season.
5: Yeah, it's been a really good start to the season. Uh, we're an extremely young team. Um, we only brought back four players, so of the of the ten that we have, we have six brand new ones. Um, we actually have just one senior. We lost a senior, unfortunately, Bree Hubbard to an ACL injury over the summer with soccer. A uh, huge loss for us. She was a returning All-Ohio player, but uh, bringing back Ella as a senior and Lizzie as a junior, uh, we're really our only two returning upperclassmen, so we have one new junior and a, a lot of young uh, freshman, sophomores but they're just into the varsity game they're starting to understand the pace of not only um, games but practice and kind of what that means and and really we're um you know we lost a close game early won a close game here recently so we're we're really starting to come together so even more, I think the question to you that I had for for Coach Patton, again, coaching
1: and, and development and how you try to intertwine both those things when you have such a young ball
5: club. Yeah, we, we actually spend quite a bit of time on development. So um, our practices um, are pretty structured. Um, I laugh. They, they, they make fun of my practice plans. But we do the first 20 minutes of our practices are the same every day. We start with form shooting. We go to dynamics. And then we have a couple key pass cut uh, shooting drills that we do every day that really focus on really the heart of what we do as a team and then from there uh, we usually go into into a lot of development uh, because really we have girls on our team that this is their first year playing basketball up to kids who've been playing since, since first, second grade and everything in between so we really focus on fundamentals and development and then work into what we're trying to do over as a team or with the next opponent coming up there, there towards the end um, but for us development is absolutely essential. Wins and losses, everybody looks at those but it really seems from what I'm hearing from you is
1: if I can get these girls to understand the magnitude of what they do Four days before a game and what they do after a game, I'm I'm going to
5: have them more successful down the road. Yeah, that, and that, that's what we talk about, right? We talk about how do you prepare? You know, control what you can control, right? It's the old coaching cliche, but it's it's a cliche for a reason, right? Is you can control effort and attitude. So how how you prepare and and practices, how you prepare and off season, those kind of things directly impact on how successful we're going to be. So we really try to focus on doing those little things well, and then the success eventually comes, right? And and if we get it, so you know we've worked together so well, then in those close games you're going to fall back on those good habits and then and then ultimately uh, put, us, put us in a position to, to win ball games. Let's bring in
1: junior Elizabeth Cox and senior Ella Rhodes. Uh, ladies, thank you for joining us. And You heard Coach talk about the first half of the season. Your thoughts on how the first half of the season
4: went?
6: It went really well for us. Um, there was a lot of development that needed to be done seeing as we were a young team only returning a couple players. Um, we got in a lot of valuable hard work and we kind of learned how the game works and kind of more of like getting adjusted to the pace of the game was a big thing for us through the first half of the season and we still found ways to be successful.
7: Yeah, I definitely um, agree with LL on that one. Um, It was very um, tough at first because we really didn't know each other and now that the season's like halfway through, we definitely like grew as a team and we can trust and rely on each other a little more. So it's definitely a big improvement from the beginning of the season.
1: And you guys are the tentacles of the coach out on the floor when you're both captains and you're both leading such a young team. So as the team came together to start the year, did you both kind of go, we've got our work cut out for us? Or did you relish the opportunity to, to take the leadership in the reins for a young ball club?
6: I feel like we both kind of stepped into, like, we need to be leaders, like, looking at who we had on the team and just kind of being more mindful about, like, we need to be setting an example about how we act during practices, how we act on on the court, because being a leader is more than just, like, the athletic side of it. Mm-hmm. It's, like, teaching them how to act on and off the court to, like, make a more lasting impact and, all- and ultimately bring the team together more.
7: I, I completely agree. Um, we definitely, like have to step up as leaders and and show like the younger players like how how um basketball should be and it really like rubs off on them and i can i witnessed it firsthand so it's definitely um an interesting thing to watch because they're young and developing how to become a great basketball player as coaches teaching us and uh, yeah just being a captain is definitely like stepping up and showing them how it should be and how we should act and just play the game overall
1: so, as we asked the, the, all the other players, what what got you into basketball? Why do you love playing it?
7: For me, um, it would be my brothers. Uh, I have I'm one out of six um, of kids, and I'm the last one, the baby. And all my brothers played. I have four brothers and one sister. All my siblings played basketball, and we're big sports and athletic family. So, just kind of follow in their footsteps.
1: Any one particular area
7: you really love playing? I like defense. I love defense. It's hold great... on to that one. <laughs> it's a great one. That's
5: for sure. We, we love we love when when Lindsay aggressive defense.
1: And and why? I mean, is it just you you love upsetting the apple cart for the other team's <laughs> offense, or or what is the defense mentality for you?
7: Definitely, I got my eyes on the ball. It's always like I want that ball. That's my ball, and um, I'll take every chance I got to get it for my team and get some points up and. Get us in the lead, but uh, my mentality is like constantly, I want that ball and it's gonna be ours in five seconds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very nice, Ella. What about you?
6: Yeah, um, I've been playing basketball since I was really young. Like I think first grade is my first official year of basketball. I actually started out in cheerleading, and that was kind of like my first like exposure to basketball. And I finished out the year as a cheerleader, and I went I went home to my dad, and I was like, Dad, I can't. It's too much. I, I want to go play basketball. I want to go run. So that's kind of what got me got me started. and I've been playing ever since.
1: Well, and Dad is to your left. <laughs> so, Dad, when she came to you and, and wanted to play hoops, uh, again, that can be one of those fine lines. I'm sure a part of you was like, yes. And the other part is I don't want to have her burn out. So how did you play it?
5: Yeah, it's it's one of those that actually early on I, I never intended to to be her coach, uh, really in, in, in this sport or or any others. Um, you know, wanted them to kind of find their own way. So we have we have um, I say them I have my daughter and I have a son who plays athletics as well. But with Ella, I wanted her to find her way, right? So I was excited that she started to, to kind of identify something she wanted to go try, right? And and what, what we even talked about early at that point is is enjoy what you do. And then do it well, right? Learn the fundamentals, because from there everything else becomes easy. Um, but but have some fun doing it, and and that's really really what we encouraged. And um, anybody that knows Ella knows that she doesn't do a whole lot of things without having a little bit of fun along the way. Um, so we were we were happy to see it. How do you separate dad, daughter, coach, player? Uh, truthfully, sometimes not well. Um, <laughs>
1: I love the honesty. <laughs>
5: you know, we've, we've tried to, to, to try and have distinctions, and, and Ella is better at it than I am. When we get home, it should be us, you know, just father-daughter. Sometimes in the car is kind of that parent discussion sometimes you have with your daughter, and then, you know, in the court, um, I'm definitely coach. Um, but it is probably clear to those who see uh, us interact that Ella is my daughter. Um, I, I do coach her maybe a little bit harder maybe a little bit harder than the others um, just because uh she's a very mentally tough girl uh works hard and I know I know she can take it but um I like to think we balanced it well most of the time, but there are some days I have failed at that um, um, some, but uh, she might be able to answer it better, and I encourage her to be honest
1: yeah let 's get her on the witness stand all right, Ella so w- what has it been like, and you know can you can you even notice the difference sometimes when it 's dad v coach?
6: Um. There are a lot of times, like, we'll, like, actually, like, have conversations about, like, basketball, like, especially in sometimes when, like, when, like, something will happen, like, I'll be out for a couple games, like, he'll always be like, this is coach talking. And then he'll talk, and then he'll pause and go, now this is what dad says. (laughs) So there's, so there's, like, a specific kind of distinction between, like, the two. And, like, I feel like we balance it well. We, we do a good job. It's, it's definitely, like, a, at times it can be a tough situation just because, like, there's, like, this, like, a, kind of like a, more, like, high-pressure situations versus, like, just, like, being at home. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've kind of viewed it as, like, a really good way to spend time with my dad. Like, we've gotten a lot more quality time because of it versus, like, him not being my coach and me just being gone for all those hours.
1: So, Lizzie, from the outside looking in, do you do you agree that you've seen a good um, relationship between the two? Or you can notice sometimes when it's dad talking and coach talking.
7: Oh, I for sure can tell the difference. <laughs> 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 no, um... Coach does a really good job on teaching and coaching Ella, like as a coach, and not like favorite, like giving favoritism towards her, which is always something you see in when parents coach. But he's pretty good about it. No, but honestly, he's he's a good coach and he likes to get on Ella, but it's some tough love she needs it.
1: <laughs> well, as long as she needs it, then it's worthwhile. Yeah. Um, the girls' game has exploded, like. By- nothing i think we've ever seen and i think uh, the the notoriety i think is great and we had caitlin clark primetime saturday night and she did not disappoint by any stretch of the imagination so i'll start with coach and then I'll, I'll bring both of you on but how do you think it really has become the the sport now that a lot of people are watching and a lot of people engage is there is there one particular area that that's led to it or it's just overall gotten that much better
5: but I think you know the, the biggest thing is if you watch um, the girls' game right now, I think you see what people fell in love with basketball with a long time ago, and it is more of a team game, mm-hmm. right? And, and and not to be critical, but I think at the high level, especially as you look at the NBA and even some of the high level NCAA men's teams, it's become too much one-on-one, and it's become very individualized, and and it's either you're they're they're dunking or they're shooting threes, right? What you still see in the girls' game is a lot of great ball movement, a value on defense, and and then you then you throw in exciting players like Caitlin. Clark, right, and you throw in really just we're we're so fortunate to live in Big Ten country with one of the best women's conferences in, in the in the nation, right? You have you have the, you have Indiana, right, ranked in the top ten, and then you have Ohio State right here, right. right? A girl like J.C. Sheldon with the passion she plays with and the effort that she gives, right, and then for us to be able to see somebody like Emma Shoemate, you know, step out there from Newark, right? She had 22 big points early in the season this year, right? When she gets in, she values defense, right? They, she, she plays plays uh, you know great hard defense there, but can still Shoot the ball, so the girls can see this and start to see what's possible. And then, obviously, just the the growth of it on television has, has been nice, right? You can get a nice college girls game now on, um, yeah. Really, anytime. we watch a lot of that in our house, um, uh, obviously. But um, I think I think the biggest thing is, is it's 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 a it's, it's really just basketball as purists. It's sharing the basketball. It's playing great teams. And then when you get to highlight highlight great players, it's 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 pretty exciting too. Okay, I want to bring you both on, but he he led me down a
1: pessimistic a path and I don't want to go down to but is there any concern about it getting too big and leading to what you alluded to with individual play and not really the structure because once the money starts rolling in and,
5: and that TV exposure We've, we've seen it. No, it, it it definitely can be, right? And that, and that's one thing that I think um is is sometimes the place only think strong wrong. I think the media does Caitlin Clark a disservice when they look at her because they want to talk about, oh, she shot that from 25 feet, right. or she averages 30 points a game. Caitlin Clark also... Is a walking double double, and that on that other category is assists, right? She has she's the all time record holder in the Big Ten for assists. So you have one of the greatest college scores of all time, who values her teammates, who puts her teammates of the position to be successful. It's going to be incumbent on us to have coaches and players that still embrace that right. um, to go and, and and do that. And and I think really again, if you watch a lot of the women's teams, we're still in that point where um, they are sharing the basketball. You know, South Carolina is one that at any given time, right, they can have. A one of six girls lead them in scoring. Um, you know, we just watched LSU and, and Auburn yesterday. Auburn had a big upset, but there was a bunch of girls sharing the basketball there, right? Um, so I, 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 it's, it's me probably being an optimist, which might be a little bit surprising to some, but I, I'd like to think that that game's gonna, gonna continue to be that way. Um, but you're right. The money, as the money starts to come in, um, you know, it does put more of an emphasis on individual play, which is, which is the opposite, I think, of what's made the girls game, the women's game grow so much is that team aspect. So hopefully, hopefully it stays a little more pure.
1: Yeah. She had 11 assists Saturday night and I think it was her scoring. Getting where they like. Okay, she's on. We got to go get her. She finds the open person. Ball right. game. Yeah, the reason she can score right is because her, her her teammates support her. Exactly. All right. So who wants to go first and and talk about it? No, we can't just point fingers. You actually have to talk. Somebody has to talk.
6: Um, I think that I I definitely agree with what um coach said. I almost <laughs> just said dad. I got a little confused there for a second. Um, so I def I definitely agree that like. The girls' game is, in my opinion, more entertaining to watch purely because, like, you kind of get that, like, m- increased ball movement. Like, mm-hmm. there's more of the teamwork aspect that that, yeah, that you don't see a lot in, like, professional or men's games because um, they've kind of strayed away from that and more into, like, what can I do to make myself look better not for the benefit of the team? Like, the focus has kind of shifted, like, as the media has paid more attention to it. So I definitely agree that, like, something that's made the girls game grow is like they're kind of increasing in the aspects of like oh look at this one player like look look at this certain team and like again i'm i'm really hoping that, that that the girls game kind of stays away from the main like it's all about me focus instead of the team
7: yeah i would agree we um we covered it really well but definitely one thing coach tells us is to share the ball and and one thing a life lesson honestly he taught us is that even like when you're in the game, it's not about you. It's about how many points you can score for your team mm-hmm. and as like an entire team together. It's it's not just about you. So I definitely would agree with Ella on um, sharing the basketball. is definitely an eye catcher when you watch women's basketball. And and yes, men like to keep the ball and be little <laughs> ball hogs, but <laughs> but. I genuinely think girls' basketball is very entertaining because it's just a way we we can watch and grow in our own sport and yep. just get better at it.
1: And you both are at home tomorrow night as well uh, with Northside Christian, a chance to get to 500. Uh, we're wrapping up here, but just a couple of tees for tomorrow night. You go first this time. I'm calling it.
7: Yeah. Well, um, Northside's a really good game or er, team that we played last week. Right. Um, I'm excited to play them again. They're a really good team, and I'm excited to keep growing with my team and take the hopefully win. But I am so excited to play them again. Yeah, um they're they're a great group of girls. They, they they work really hard and you you can really
6: see that when they play. Like they also have a really good team dynamic in my opinion that we saw last week. Um, I think we just need to go into it with a positive attitude, positive mindset, like what can we do to share the ball as a team and to work together. And I feel like doing those things are gonna make us really successful.
1: Appreciate your time tonight. Thank you, Coach, and good luck tomorrow night.
6: Thank you.
1: We'll wrap up this edition of the Looking County Locker Room after our final timeout, live from Chip Brothers Brewing here on KATE ninety eight point seven.
8: When you have plumbing problems like the water heater's leaking or the toilet doesn't flush, the drains aren't draining like they're supposed to, who do you call? I'm Bill Crawford, president of Crawford Mechanical Services, and for over 25 years, our dedicated employees and my family have served the commercial and residential plumbing needs of Central Ohio. We know there's plenty of numbers to call. That's why we're so grateful for our repeat business and every customer referral. Check us out online, CrawfordMech.com. That's Crawford, M-E-C-H.com.
6: Licking Memorial Health System's mission to improve the health of the community extends above and beyond providing quality health care services to Licking County residents. We value service and philanthropy and support local organizations that uplift and strengthen the entire community. LMHS is committed to supporting community benefits in arts and culture, housing and economic improvement, youth activities, social service organizations, higher education, and community service.
8: Everyone says it's the journey that matters. Not so, it's Ship Brothers Brewing. Ship Brothers is a destination in the heart of downtown Newark that is so spectacular, there's nothing like it anywhere. Come aboard to experience incredible appetizers, outstanding burgers and sandwiches, and the one of a kind beer wall. What? That's right. Don't wait on a bartender anymore. Head to the beer wall and design your own tasting flight. Ship Brothers Brewing, a one of a kind sensory destination.
0: Don't let a late night meeting with the deer keep your car, truck, or SUV off the road. The deer specialist at Newark Auto Body Collision and Glass can get your vehicle fixed right, fixed fast, and they won't leave a dent in your wallet. If you accidentally meet a deer with your vehicle, Newark Auto Body Collision and Glass are the ones to call. They care about you and your vehicle. Newark Auto Body Collision and Glass, Mount Vernon Road, Newark, and online at autobodyofnewark.com. This is your place. It's like they read your mind when they built it. It's the bar you'd make
8: if you could make a bar. It's the food you'd serve if you could cook. This is Red Oak Pub, locally sourced, char-grilled burgers. That was your idea. Meatloaf in a panini? How'd they find out about that? Well, once you walk through their doors, you'll wonder what
1: took you so long. Red Oak Pub, great atmosphere, delicious food, terrific people. This
5: is your place. They just take care of it for you. Goose Pond Road, Newark. We know what you want in a chainsaw. You want legendary performance. You want industry-leading ergonomics. And you want precision cutting that gets the job done quickly and safely. That's why we want you to try a Husqvarna chainsaw. With air injection, low-vibration handles, and powerful X-Torque engines, Husqvarna chainsaws are trusted by professionals around the world. If you want to take down a tree or clear a forest, you'll want a Husqvarna chainsaw. It's what precision cutting is all about. Visit
0: Wright Brothers Power on Church Street or online at wrightbrotherspower.com.
1: 60 years of getting the job done right. 60 years of satisfied customers at their homes and businesses.
8: Houston Plumbing and Heating, your York professional contractor,
1: is celebrating 60 years in business. Since 1963, our family has been keeping your family safe and comfortable.
8: Call us at 740-763-3961, where for 60 years and counting, one call does it all. Ohio license number 25394. Bummies on Main is a special place. The kind where you are greeted with a warm smile and the smell of warm flavors the moment you set foot in the door. Voted best burger and best all around restaurant, they're sure to have something for the whole family to enjoy. Not feeling the crowd? Order pizzas, subs, salads for pickup and delivery. Bummies on Main Street is the home of the BLT Pizza and the Raging Cajun Burger. Make Bummies your first stop before the game. Follow them on
0: Facebook for daily specials. Bummies on Main. Come hungry, leave happy. You're listening to the Licking County Locker Room with Brian Mays live at Ship Brothers Brewing in downtown Newark on Cape 98.7.
1: Thanks once again to Granville Christians, girls and basketball players and coaches. Again, they will be at home tomorrow night. So go out and wish them well in their games against Northside Christian. Next Monday, we'll be spotlighting the Heath Bulldogs. So hopefully you can join us again here at Ship Brothers Brewing. And our next basketball broadcast will be this Friday night. The Newark Wildcats on a roll, winning nine straight. They host the Golden Gales of Lancaster at the Jimmy. Our pregame at approximately 7.15 and tip-off at 7.30. That'll do it for this Monday evening. I'm Brian Mays. Have a great Monday evening and stay warm, everybody. You've been listening to the Licking County Locker Room here on Kate 98.7.
0: This has been the Licking County Locker Room Show on Kate 98.7. Featuring the local high school here in Licking County, interviewing their coaches, players, and more. The Licking County Locker Room, brought to you by Houston Plumbing and Heating, Wright Brothers Power, Licking Memorial Health Systems, Newark Auto Body Collision and Glass, and Ship Brothers Brewing.